Brilliant, thank you so much. We've come to the end of, of, our, of our letter that we've been reading, James. It's this uh, ancient letter written about, I guess, about, well, I don't guess, I know, uh, about 2,000 years ago, we think, by the brother of Jesus. And in it, he talks very straightforwardly about what it is, what it looks like to follow Jesus, what it looks like when you believe certain things, you act in a certain way. And he's very big on joining the dots, and we've called it Authentic Christian Living, because it unpacks in very straightforward ways what does it look like to follow Jesus then as now. So we come to our last passage, where in uh, James chapter 5, and we're going to be reading verses 13 to 18. So you can uh, read along up there or in your Bibles if you've got them open with you. James writes, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sins, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced crops. So we're going to, just by way of uh, focus this morning, as we kind of consider this passage, we're going to look at verse 14, and we'll step our way through that in three sections. Because James starts, first of all, by saying, if anyone among you sick, anyone sick, and he's asking that because there probably would have been people who were not well. I don't know if you're like me, sometimes I imagine in the, in the New Testament times, I mean, Jesus had just been kind of on earth, God himself had been walking around, you see all these amazing miracles that are taking place, uh, as the, Jesus' disciples pray for people, they get well, you see these amazing miracles happening in the early church, you kind of imagine that everyone is kind of walking around in perfect health all the time. We uh, perhaps forget that there are some insights in God's word that that wasn't actually the case. Paul, Apostle Paul, left Trophimus, sick in Miletus. He left him sick. There was Timothy. He had tummy trouble. He was frequently ill. I don't know if you can relate to Timothy. I certainly can. This side of eternity, sickness is just part of life. People get sick. And we've had, uh, you, you can't really kind of pretend otherwise, can you? We've had uh, the, the pandemic. We've just come through that. I guess a few years ago now, we had uh, graphs on our, our screen in our newspapers all the time, just kind of documenting how people get sick. It, it happens. We catch things. Things go wrong with our bodies. It's a painful part of life. And maybe you're not well today. Maybe you're sitting here and you're in some discomfort. Maybe you've had a diagnosis. Maybe you're not well. James says, if any one of you is not sick, maybe you're at home or you're kind of watching from... Uh, from another place, and you're not well. Maybe you're too ill to come in this morning. Maybe you're sick yourself, or perhaps you're caring for somebody who is unwell. Maybe you've been caring for many years for someone, just looking after them, kind of behind the scenes, just caring and loving them and helping them with the practical everyday things of life that are harder and harder for them. James says, if any one of you is sick, 
there would have been people that were not well. And so I can certainly relate to Timothy and his uh, frequent illnesses and tummy trouble. That would uh, be my experience a lot of the time, not to go into too much detail. But uh, I got, I think most of my life actually, most of my adult life, I've, uh, I've not really known what it is to be well. I got uh, a glandular fever when I was uh, 16, 17, something like that, and never really recovered, got a post-viral fatigue, and just every day there's some kind of uh, challenge or problem that I've had to have to face. Often not huge, but just niggling away, just something. My body's not working in the way that it should be, that it should do. Also, being a pastor for the last... I'm not even quite sure, 20 or so years. I've um, had the privilege of walking with different ones and just praying and looking to God together as different ones among us have been ill. And uh, we've looked to God, and sometimes God's done wonderful things, and sometimes things haven't turned out as we expected. I'm well aware of the challenge of sickness and the pain of sickness in our lives. We, it's, it's reality for us. And I want to say that, I want to kind of set the scene, really, because we're, we're in the book of James, and James is all about being real. He's all about being authentic. And so I want to set the scene in that sense. It's okay to acknowledge that we get ill. It's, it's okay. It's not, it's not an awkward thing. It's a sad thing. We need to keep our eyes open. We need to keep one eye on the reality of the situation that we are actually in. I'll talk about where the other eye goes in just a moment. But for now, it's, this is the reality of life. For many, at one time or other in our lives, we will be ill. And what James is saying here to them 2,000 years ago will uh, be relevant for us. If any one of you is sick, or any one of you not well. And I want to just uh, take a couple of minutes just to broaden the context a little bit before we look at supernatural healing, which we, we will do. We'll do justice to what James says here. But first of all, just to say a couple of things. And the first is that God can and does work through bad things to bring good. Even sickness, he can work through bad things to bring good. He's not kind of uh, uh, impotent and unable to work through something, even though we don't immediately get well. I'm sure that's your experience as well as mine, when you've walked through illness or whether you've walked with someone else through a period of illness. You've seen God at work. For me, it meant I had to trust him more. I had to get up in the morning and because my body, I couldn't really trust my body. I had to look to the Lord and say, God, I need your help today. I'm not well. Please bring healing. Please, please bring, uh, bring health. But I'm going to trust you today, no matter what. Maybe that's been your experience. Often when we've been through difficult challenges and illnesses and we've experienced pain, we can relate to others. We can understand, kind of, uh, I'm versed now in various medical procedures when someone says I'm kind of going for this I kind of know what what's involved in that and can encourage and pray helpfully it gives us empathy empathy for others and that's God working through us in the situation it also gives us a more eternal perspective when your body's not kind of working uh, well you kind of look a little bit um, more uh, you look to the future a bit more when one day Jesus will return and everything will be made right. And you look for a new resurrection body that's not going to have the weakness that this one has. Sometimes when we're feeling ill and sick, and we can look at, we can look, our eyes can lift a little bit further from this life and this age into the next. And God's in that too. And of course, as we look and we care for those that are not well, God's in that. That's God's kingdom extending. 
Sickness is not part of God's kingdom in the sense he, he, when, when Jesus returns, when everything is now as God intends it to be, when Jesus' rule is fully here and extended, we've heard this morning that it's now and not yet, when it is completely uh, in place, when God's kingdom has fully come, there won't be people that are sick, but there are right now. And as we care for one another and love one another through sickness, God's kingdom comes in that situation. God's love and care is extended to different ones of us. We're just kind of setting the scene more broadly. Hopefully I'm stating the obvious, but I just want to dive into this in a good context. The other thing, again, stating the obvious, is that God works through doctors. Praise God for doctors and nurses and those in the medical profession. We're not sitting in the doctor's waiting room feeling a bit awkward because of passages like this and because God supernaturally heals. We're thinking, praise God, thank you so much that there are men and women who've dedicated their life to kind of get experience and uh, and knowledge, and they can help us when we get sick. It's brilliant. Jesus multiplied loaves and fishes, and he, I guess he, he, I know he could have turned a stone into bread, but we still go and do our grocery shopping, don't we? We don't, kind of sit, we, don't, we don't put God to the test in that way. He works through all these means, the natural and the supernatural, and we give him thanks for both. I think I meant to check, but I've got a feeling that Jesus could produce money from fishes or something like that. Is that, is that, is that in the Bible? It is. It's once. He did it once. He wasn't doing it every day. That's not how he paid for, for his food and for the food of his disciples. The miraculous happened. It did happen. God miraculously did things. But actually, we talked before, didn't we, about actually there were others who, were, who had financial resources, who were giving into his mission and his work, and they would have bought bread with that. They would have bought fish with that. You see, it's, it's both and. It's not one or the other. And as we thank God, particularly for the, for the natural means, actually, we're in a better position. And as we recognize his blessing to us in those means, we're in a better position to trust him and reach for him for supernatural healing when, when we need to. So again, I'm just stating the obvious, just setting the scene here. We could talk a bit more. I just want to highlight much of what I'm going to say is in this. This is a book I wrote a number of years ago now, and I wanted to record what the Lord had said to us as a church. Perhaps many of you weren't here at the time. We spent a, a term kind of going through what the Bible says about healing and raising faith for healing. I, I called it reaching for healing because I'm well aware that our experience doesn't match our expectation. There's a biblical expectation, and hopefully that's going to rise this morning as we look at God's Word, and yet we live in the gap between our experience, what we see, and what the Bible gives us an expectation for. Faith lives in that gap. And so we reach in that context for healing. And I talked there about some of the things I've already mentioned and, uh, and others. So um, I think there'll be copies at the back in the bookshop. I wrote it as much for myself that as the years go by, I can go back to it and, and look again at what God said to us, what his word says about healing, because this is something you need to persevere in. We'll look at that in just a moment. You have to press in. You have to keep going. There's disappointments along the way. We need to keep God's word before us, because the next thing we're going to look at now as we move through this verse, verse 14, is it says, if anyone is sick, then it says, call the elders. There is something else we can do. Yet, yeah, if you're sick, go to the doctor. If you're sick, go and uh, get advice. Take the medication. Do all those things. That's God's provision for you. We thank God for it. But there's something else that we can do as well. We don't want to fall into the extremes on both sides. One is kind of never going to the doctor and making a use of that wonderful provision. And the other is, of course, never actually reaching out and asking God for supernatural healing. We do 
both. If anyone is sick, let him call the elders. It's something for us to do when we're not well. The elders, of course, being the leaders of the church, those with pastoral care and responsibility as under-shepherds, extending God's care to the men and women uh, in the church. There's provision here for healing in the church. This is what the Lord is saying through this, saying, I I want my people to be well. It, It matters that they're well. My kingdom, as it extends, people get well. And here's another particularly important provision in the church to minister to one another, to see health and healing come. It's part of God's God's kingdom. Sickness is not part of God's kingdom. We've talked about how God's kingdom can be extended through it, but one of the ways God's kingdom is extended is by people getting well. If anyone is sick, then call the elders. God wants us to be well. We see God's supernatural response to sickness In Jesus, it's not complicated. When Jesus was around, fully displaying what God was like, God in the flesh, people came to him and they weren't well, and he healed them time and time again. And this is where we put our other eye. We put our one eye, unashamedly we put on the situations around us and the people around us, because maybe maybe we need to play a part in just love and care and and whatever it might look like for, for God's kingdom to be extended in that circumstance. But we also need an eye on Jesus and what he did, which is supernaturally heal one person after another. Again, I go through in, in, the, in, my, in the book, I go through a number of, uh, well, actually, Matthew does the work for us. In Matthew's gospel, he just basically groups a whole load of, of healing miracles together. And you can go through them one after another in chapters 8 and 9 in Matthew's gospel. And you see him heal one person, another person. Jesus says to a leper, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of leprosy. Wow. Wow. Immediately he was cleansed of leprosy. Then a centurion says, says to him, look, just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus says, let it be done just as you believed it would be. And his servant was healed at that very moment. Wow. Jesus touched two blind men's eyes and their sight was restored. You see, when Jesus encounters illness and sickness, he, he heals it supernaturally, on the spot, instantly. And as we kind of go through those examples, one thing I noticed was that often it, Jesus heals in response to them calling for help. It gets his attention. Two blind men following Jesus, crying aloud, have mercy on us, son of David. They're calling to him, help us, help us. The centurion comes to Jesus asking him for help. A ruler knelt before him saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hands on her and she will live. The people are asking Jesus. They're calling on Jesus. Come and help me. Come and bring healing. I know what you do. and I would love you to come and bring healing into my life or my loved one's lives. Asking, calling, it vocalizes faith. Again, James is big on that, isn't he? Faith looks like something. It's not a feeling. It's, it's not just a mental kind of state. It's doing something. You can see it. I'll show you my, my faith by what I do. And here's an expression of faith that we call the elders. We say, please, would you come and pray for me for healing? It can even ignite our faith. You might be thinking, I don't feel faith. I don't kind of expect. It's something you can do. You could almost do it anyway. It's like kind of lighting a fire, striking a match. As we step into it, don't think about how we feel, don't think about those things, but do it. 
faith can be ignited in us. That's James's big point. But asking can be hard. It can be really hard. I, I know that dynamic of expectation and excitement and faith building and then not seeing what I'd hoped to see. I know, I know the other dynamic, which is kind of almost not expecting to see sometimes, and wow, that's amazing. I wasn't expecting half of what God did. It kind of, it's, it's mixed, isn't it? But it can be hard if you've asked in the past and you've not seen what you expected and what you hoped for. And maybe even this morning, as we look at this subject and as I share what I'm sharing, and as you look at this passage, there's a kind of a, a quiet, yeah, right, inside. Disappointment can stop us asking. Skepticism can stop us asking. And actually, that's understandable. It's, it's just, it's, it's human. It's what we're like. I, I experience that too. It's very difficult to ask sometimes when you've experienced disappointment. You've not seen things go as you hoped they would go. What do you do with that? I just want to say that the Lord... He's, he, he cares about that, and he cares about you and your situation, and he knows the situation that you're in, and he knows your pain, and he knows how you're trying to work through and understand and process and grieve what you've not seen. He understands that, and I wouldn't want you to think, and he, he doesn't want us to kind of press ahead with supernatural healing and, and leave others behind who are, who are grieving. He, he cares about you. It matters to him. So how do you overcome disappointment? One way is to take it to him. So I take our grief to him. So I don't understand why this happened. But you draw close to him, and he will comfort, and he will bring strength and help. And sometimes that's through others that are around us, and we can talk about these things with each other. We want, we want and again, an authentic Christianity which is not just talking about the miracles and the exciting things that we see, and that's good, and we need to kind of encourage one another with those, but we also need to speak openly and honestly where we've not seen what we have hoped for. And the Lord can bring healing through that, and it can bring us to a place where we're ready to ask again. He's not like a bad father that just says, I'll oh, come and get over it. He's not like that at all. He comes close, and he wants to talk, and he wants to bring healing. And we're not going to understand everything this side of eternity. But we want to walk through these things in close relationship with him. Sometimes disappointment can cause us to back off God in some way, to back off our heavenly father and kind of not walk wholeheartedly with him. But he wants to call us and ask us and speak to us and bring that healing to us and bring us to a place where we can ask again in faith. And sometimes that's a process. Sometimes that takes a little bit of time. Because we need to persevere in this. This is a battle, and battles by their nature are quite chaotic often. It's, they're difficult, they're hard, there's, there's wins and there's losses. Pressing through in this and believing God for supernatural healing and reaching for it, we need to persevere in it. it it's not a kind of a suddenly you get it all at once. It's interesting to me that uh, James shares about this in the context of Elijah. Elijah, who, who prayed. Remember, if you go into the story of Elijah, he, he prayed for rain, and there was no rain. I think he sent his servant, didn't he? Is there, is there a cloud? No, there wasn't a cloud. He prayed again, 
go again, there was no cloud. He prayed again, go again, there was no cloud. He prayed again, no cloud. He kept on praying until he saw something. He persevered in prayer. Jesus taught his disciples, persevere in prayer. He said, you're going to need to do this. Don't expect kind of it all just to kind of happen instantly without a battle. There is a fight of faith that you're going to need to engage in. You're going to need to persevere through this. You're going to need to, to, to trust God, even when all of your experience and everything you see would cause you to do otherwise. Look at his word and trust him. I don't want to actually talk too much about faith right now, though, because that would kind of over-egg it for this bit, because it doesn't actually talk about the person's faith in asking. It doesn't, let's not overcomplicate it. It just says, if you're sick, ask. It doesn't say it kind of introspects and have I got enough faith. It just says, ask. I, I like that. It kind of takes the pressure off the person who's, who's not well. It, it's, it, actually, in this passage here, it's not even about your faith. It's just ask. If you're sick, ask. That's, that's all you need to do. Let me move on to the final part of this verse. We've talked about the reality of sickness. We've talked about what we're to do if we're unwell. It's simply call the elders. And now we come to what the elders are to do, which is namely to pray with faith and anoint with oil. This is what the elders are to do. Pray with faith and anoint with oil. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will make the sick person well. We're doing this in the context of our relationship with God. This is a relational dynamic that's here. It's prayer is a relational dynamic. I know sometimes in the New Testament we command healing. We see that happen, and that's, that's part of it as well. But here I love the fact that it's in a relational context. We pray to our Heavenly Father who cares about us. Heavenly Father, would you come and bring health wholeness and well-being to this body in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your love and your care for us. Thank you for your love and your care for this dear one, this brother or sister, this child of God. Heavenly Father, would you come and bring healing in the context of relationship? It's not the length or the eloquence of our prayer either. Jesus has taught on that, hasn't he? You haven't got to say the right words. I mean, the pressure's off of uh, us as elders in some ways. I'm going to pray the right words or I haven't got to sound impressive or or kind of, it's, it's nothing to do with that. He, our Heavenly Father knows what we need before, it, before we even, it's on our tongue. But nevertheless, we're to pray, and pray with faith. The importance of faith, once again. And faith comes from hearing God's word, and we're hearing God's word this morning. I'm hearing God's word this morning. I'm looking at this. This is what the Lord says. The prayer of faith will make the sick well. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That is, that is truth. That is objective truth. Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that my Father may be glorified, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I will do whatever you ask in my name. I just want to take that straightforwardly. Now, I know there's a sense of, okay, what does in his name mean? It, it, it means as he would do. It means to... Uh, to, to pray for the, and ask for the things that Jesus would do in his name. If he were here physically, what would he do? Would we pray for those things in his name? I can't think of anything else that I have more confidence in praying than that someone would be made well. Do you think, what would Jesus do if he was here? If we read through the Gospels, it just seems to be incredibly clear 
that he healed one person after another, praying in Jesus' name. I, I can pray in Jesus' name that someone would be well because I look at what Jesus did and I see he healed one person after another. That's, that's what he's like. That's what he did. That's the revelation of God to us. So I'm encouraged to pray in Jesus' name. Faith rises as I read this passage. Faith rises as I hear Jesus say, you can ask whatever you, you want in my name that my Father may be glorified. Confidence comes. Expectation comes. Maybe not my experience. Does everyone I pray for get well? Does everyone you pray for get well? That's not my experience. I'm sure it's not your experience. I don't see what, often what I expect to see. I need to keep my eye on that. I don't want to pretend that's not the case, but I also want to keep my eye on God's word because this is truth. This is, this is where expectation rises. I want to live in that gap between experience and expectation because as we live in that gap with faith and we keep our eye on God's word as well as what we see, that gap closes. We believe God. We go again. We persevere in prayer. We pray again. We call again. We take our disappointment to him. We walk through those things in relationship. We let him love us. The, the basis of God's love for us, a, a, an expression of, well, the, 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 the means by which we know God's love us is not whether we get well or not. The cross tells us that he loves us. He so loved us that he sent his son to die for us, to pay for our sin on the cross, to rise again, to bring us into new life with him, adopting us into his family. We know, we know God loves us. You know God loves us. If you're a believer, he loves you. You know that. We don't come uh, with insecurities to the throne of grace. We come as children of God, dearly loved to ask. This is the basis of our confidence to ask. And it allows us to ask and to keep on asking and to persevere in our asking because this is the foundation. It's the cross So finally, what about the oil? I've got some here. Why the oil? What is the deal with the oil? What's going on with the oil? Because we're to anoint them with oil. Pray with faith and anoint with oil in the name of Jesus. It's actually pretty astonishing to me that there's this physical deal involved at all. If you think about it, I'm just uh, there's breaking bread. And, and wine, the bread and the wine, that's kind of a physical thing, isn't it? It's tied to a spiritual reality. Uh, there's baptism in water. Again, it's this, this the physical thing that's going on, expressing this an inward reality that has happened. And these things aren't separated, by the way. There's, there's, a symbol isn't separate from the reality. They're, they're related. Words have power. They're not just these abstract symbols. They're connected with reality. We have a God who spoke the world into being. There's, a, there's continuity between these things. And yet, nevertheless, it's quite surprising that oil is mentioned because I can't think of any other situations. Maybe more, you can tell me afterwards. There's the water, there's the bread and the wine. That speaks to me that this is really, really important because God does this very sparingly to give these physical symbols and um, aspects to some kind of spiritual dynamic. There are not many of them. But here with healing, it's important enough to him that he says, oh, we need to take the oil and anoint with oil. So what is the oil about? Why oil? Well, it was, I'm not quite sure in why, but it was sort of associated with healing kind of naturally. I think in Jesus' parable, uh, the good Samaritan anoints the, the guy who's been beaten up with oil uh, or, or 
I don't know, maybe they, they thought it was, it, was, it was linked to healing in some way. But that's not what's going on here. Oil is, this isn't a medicine. This isn't something that in itself is going to make us well. So why oil? As we go through the Bible, if we're kind of uh, versed in Scripture, it's, it's kind of quite straightforward, really. Whenever oil is mentioned, there's, a, there's, an, there's, an, there's a, an association with the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. When Samuel anointed David with, the, with oil, the Holy Spirit rushed upon him. The link, oil, Holy Spirit, the presence of God. Jesus anointed, uh, well, he talks, he talks with anointing language. It says, the Holy Spirit, um, the, the Spirit of the Lord is, is on me because he has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And obviously that's blind broadly, but also actually he went about literally healing people who were blind. There's an association with the oil, with the person of the Holy Spirit and the power of God to heal. Peter said to those gathered at Cornelius' house, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. Again, this link between anointing and the oil and the Holy Spirit bringing the power of God into a situation to bring healing, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. The Holy Spirit brings the power and the presence of God to heal. So when Jesus sends his disciples out, again, they anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. It's this, this really strong link, oil, the Holy Spirit, the power of God, presence to heal. So the oil really does three things, well, at least three things. It's a picture prayer, it's a prophetic act, and it's a promise of God. It's a picture prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. In a moment, we'll, I'll, I'll pray for those that uh, would like uh, prayer for healing. And calling the elders in this context is often people, they, they do call and we go to the hospital or we go wherever is most convenient uh, for you. We'll, we'll spend some time with you. We'll talk through this kind of thing and we'll anoint with oil. And uh, we'll, 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 in, in a moment, though, it's even simpler and more straightforward. The invite will just be, if you would like to be anointed with oil and if you'd like us to pray for you to be well, then I guess we'll maybe do it, do it over here. We'll kind of, some of us will gather here and we'll pray. And we'll anoint with oil, which is just, it'll just be a, a dab. We're not, not going to pour it over, over you. It just anoints a dab of oil on your forehead. And it's, it's a picture prayer saying, the Holy Spirit, would you come and do what only you can do? It's, you'll have come. We'll be praying. But we need the Holy Spirit to bring healing. I find it wonderfully releasing. This, this helps me. This takes the pressure off me as someone praying. God, would you do what you, only you can do? It's a picture prayer. Holy Spirit, come and bring healing in the name of Jesus that God may be glorified. It's a picture prayer. It's a prophetic act. So now the Holy Spirit is here. He is here. So the pictures, it's so helpful. And they're used sparingly, but they're helpful. The Holy Spirit is here. As we anoint you with oil, we're saying the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is here to heal. And it's a promise of God. If anyone is not well, let them call the elders. Let them be anointed with oil. And the prayer of faith will make the sick well. It's a promise. It's a promise. This is so important that God says, I, 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 want, you to, I want you to use this. Not that it's special. Not that it kind of has some kind of special property. 
but I, this is such an important deal that's going on, healing in the church among my people. I, I want you to know what's happening. I want you to know the Holy Spirit is here and present. It's a picture prayer. It's a prophetic act, and it's a promise of God. So the band would like to come back. In a moment, I'm just going to take some time to pray with those that would uh, appreciate it. But James actually says, he says, he does say, call the elders. But he also goes on to say, pray for one another. And it's appropriate that the elders lead in this. Um, It's appropriate that we kind of, uh, we're at the forefront of the fight of faith for this, praying with faith and expectation. But actually, it's for for all of us, pray for one another. Douglas Moo puts it um, more succinctly and better than I could, so I'll just read out what he says. He says, James shifts from the elders to the believers in general, reminding us that the power to heal is invested in prayer, not the elder. And while it is appropriate that those charged with the spiritual oversight of the community should be called to intercede for those seriously ill, James makes clear that all believers have the privilege and responsibility for praying for healing. So in a minute, I say we're going to, just a few of us will gather here. Maybe one or two life group leaders could, uh, could join me as we pray for different ones, and I'll I'll anoint with oil, and I'll pray with faith and expectation that you would be well. I'm not going to ask you kind of to go into detail about what's what's wrong. don't really need to do that. just going to pray with faith and anoint with oil. We're going to do what it says to do here. We're going to put our faith into practice. This is authentic Christianity. So why don't we stand together? Father, I thank you that you, you're a God who wants us to be well. I thank you for sending Jesus to show what you're like. He said, someone said to Jesus, uh, are, you, are you willing? <laughs> Will you make me well? He says, I'm willing. I'm willing. Lord, we thank you that we know that you're willing. We understand it's a battle and a fight, but we want as your family here to press in this morning. If we're sick, we want to ask for prayer. We want to pray with faith. And we thank you for this reminder, this oil, that reminds us of your presence here. Father, I pray for those that have been disappointed in the past. Lord, I pray you would minister to them, especially this morning, with your the tenderness and care with which you have for us. Lord, I thank you you don't pressurize us manipulate us you care for us and I pray you'd bring healing even in that kind of emotional sense to some that are grieving that have walked through such difficult situations Father I pray for those that are looking online that are looking in they're not well enough to get here Lord thank you for that example of this centurion Lord just say the word just say the word and my servant will be healed and at that very hour at that very moment he was made well Lord I pray in the name of Jesus For those at home, perhaps too sick to get here, the circumstances don't allow it, Lord, I pray that your healing power right now would be present there. Lord, you see each and every need, each and every person, each and every affliction. And we pray now in Jesus' name, we ask you, Father, to bring a wonderful healing where it's needed. In Jesus' name, thank you for your presence. Where can I go from your presence? Nowhere nowhere. Lord, come, bring wonderful healing, we pray in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, come.
touch those that need it, who are at home, who are looking in. We pray for us here as well, Lord, that you would, by your Spirit, give us the give us the expectation to make the call to come and receive prayer in Jesus' name. We're going to worship. Maybe there are, there are folks on your mind who are not here. Maybe you want to lift them up in prayer as we worship as well. If you would like uh, myself and others, life group leaders, to pray for you, for me to anoint you with oil, then just come and make your way over here. But you might want to sit down. You might want to kind of stand with us over here, whatever kind of works best for you, whatever you're most comfortable for. And we'll just make sure we get, we get around everyone and pray for you. The prayer of faith will make the sick well. That's God's word. That's what we're going to do this morning. Let's pray.